Welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you not from the Tesla Studios, actually, but coming to you from my day job work office here in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a feel-good Friday, March 19th, 2021. This episode being recorded slightly later than it normally would. This show is a daily sports-slash-stuff podcast that is recorded typically on weekday mornings. However, as I had mentioned on yesterday's show, that real life was going to get in the way and prevent this episode from actually being recorded in the morning. So what I anticipated, I anticipated ahead, it's that you know today is the first day of round one of the March Madness tournament. So I figured what would be a good idea is at some point in the afternoon to set up my stuff, pop on a game, and just talk about how my bracket's doing while also talking about the game that's currently on. So the game that is currently on right now is Oregon State and Tennessee. You know, Oregon State, you know, they went on a run in the season and won the Pac-12 tournament championship. And this is definitely... You know, I think if anyone that plays fantasy sports or gambling or, you know, just familiar with March Madness, I think you can know the feeling of the shoulda, woulda, coulda moment. And I think watching Oregon State currently handling Tennessee, it's 55 to 40 with seven, about a little over seven minutes left in the second half. And Oregon State was someone up until probably Wednesday night. I had slotted for the upset and upon analyzing my picks and my bracket I had seen that I had basically picked all four 12 seeds to be an upset so you know I think my original logic with Tennessee being upset in the beginning was that they're even though they're good defensively they seem to not really have a star dude that could really take over a game so you know being down 15 points We'll see. I mean, if Oregon State can maybe collapse a bit, but I feel like this is just going to be, oh, crap. This it, There's not over seven minutes left. I was looking at the screen or at my computer screen that's not showing the game, and I guess I didn't update the bracket because there's only about four minutes, 25 seconds left. Tennessee is down by 12. It's 62 to 50. So, I mean, this looks like it's about to be the second pick that I've gotten wrong today. Earlier today, I think I was part of uh, everyone or most people in the country that got their brackets busted a little bit with Oral Roberts, number 15 Oral uh, Roberts taking out number two Ohio State. You know, Ohio State was someone that I was a little bit high on because I guess, you know, I before this week, you know, before the tournament had even started, you know, before I watched Florida and Virginia Tech this morning and before I watched Tennessee and Oregon State, the only real college basketball that I'd watched was the semifinal between Michigan and Tennessee. And, you know, I, I'd seen a couple other games, you know, bits of the SEC championship and stuff. But, you know, I watched almost the entire semifinal between Ohio State and Michigan. And, you know, Ohio State knocked off Michigan. You know, keep in mind, Michigan is a team that was number one in the country for a lot of the season especially during the middle and the second half of the season, and they even earned a number one seed. So I thought, you know, hell, Ohio State being able to knock off Michigan and then being able to take Illinois to the brink in the final, I thought, you know, Ohio State, they're potentially ready for a run, but (laughs) I guess not, man. Oral Roberts got the victory, and they're going to be taking on Florida in the next round. You know, I got a chance to watch Florida and Virginia Tech. That was the first game 
of the first round of the first, it was at like nine fifteen Western time um, this morning. And, you know, Virginia tech, like the entire game was beating Florida. And, you know, that was another case of the whole time I'm watching. I'm like, damn it. I should have taken Virginia tech. You know, a lot of people were picking Virginia tech and, you know, I just felt like, you know, I didn't know too much about either team and kind of the decision that I was making when making this bracket and picking these teams and who's going to be winning. I just figured, hey, you know, at the end of the day, go with the higher seed. And that worked out. You know, Florida kind of basically, you know, took the lead towards the end of the game. And there was a moment, man, where they almost blew it. So they were up, I think, like three points, like with like less than 15, 10 seconds left to go. And Virginia Tech, you know, bricks a shot. Florida gets the defensive rebound and they foul him. So I think there's like seven seconds left in the game or maybe a little bit more time than seven seconds. And... You know, they foul the Florida guy. So all the Florida guy really does, if he hits two shots, that's up by five and Florida's going to win. You know, even if you just hit one shot, you're going to be up by four and make it a two-possession game. And, you know, the guy bricks broke both his free throws. So it's like, okay, they're still up by three. They can at least try to foul the guy. So he has to come up and hit two shots and still have to get another possession to win the game. They don't foul the guy. The Virginia Tech guy goes, nails a three-pointer, ties the game, and it was definitely like one of those like, shit, like this is definitely March Madness. And it was definitely, it sucked because I think like, you know, I was counting my chickens like, all right, cool, I'm one for one, picked Florida. So I had to wait a little while, but they handled it in overtime. Florida got the win. So, you know, it helped kind of start my bracket, my day, you know, nice with a nice win. You know, so Florida got the win. They're going to be playing Oral Roberts. Um, another game, I think the game that was on after that was Arkansas, number three, Arkansas versus number 14, Colgate. You know, not the toothpaste, but apparently there's a college named Colgate. You know, I want to look up. Maybe maybe that's where the toothpaste came from. Or maybe Colgate is just a little bit more common than, than I originally believed. You know, Colgate, the number 14 seed, people, you know, I was anticipating this one being a good game because, you know, both teams average, I think, like over 80 points a game. And Colgate was really bringing it to Arkansas in the first half. They were leading by double digits at some point. And, you know, but eventually Arkansas's depth and skill eventually took over. And it was a 17-point game. It was 85 to 68. So we got Arkansas. They're going to be playing Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech, number six. They were playing number 11, Utah. They handled Texas Tech, or Texas Tech handled it pretty well, you know, a 12-point victory. So, you know, we got three Arkansas and number six, Texas, going on in the round of 32. And keeping an eye right now on, okay, no, at first I thought it was an eight-point game. No, it's it's a 12-point game with Oregon State and Tennessee. It's 62 to 50. You know, it seems like Tennessee is trying to press, like do a full-court press. You know, they're definitely, you know, they just – caused a turnover right now but I really think with you know 330 left on the clock there's not going to be enough time for them to to get going so I think Oregon State would really have to collapse here and I don't think there's enough time for a collapse but you know we've seen some crazy things and that's one of the reasons why March Madness is such a hot thing you know it's where you know let's be real there's like millions of brackets that are being filled out let's say there's like eight let's say there's 10 million brackets filled out I'm sure like 9,900,000 of those are from people that have like never watched college basketball, but it's like, we all know that there's some crazy things that happen. It's like, dude, Tennessee just bricked another three. So, I mean, the things that we read about Tennessee seem to be true. They don't seem to have a go-to guy. They might have a good defense, but you know, 
they've only got 50 points here and the game's almost over. So ah, definitely regretting not taking Oregon state there. I remember even telling my wife, I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to go with Tennessee here. And she's like, now are you just like randomly picking? And it was one of those things I thought I was making a smart decision. You know, I thought, okay, maybe Oregon got hot in the, in the, in the pac 12 tournament. But I mean, they were preseason ranked last in the pac 12. So I thought, okay, Tennessee, like, you know, they're going to be able to handle it, at least be able to, to handle the first round. But that's definitely not looking like the case. They're trying to double team everything right now, but it doesn't, nothing looks like it's working. Oh, yep. Oregon State, 64 to 50 right now. They're up by 14. Some of the players on Tennessee, they're kind of shrugging. They're looking frustrated. This game looks like it's probably going to be over. I think there's another one going on right now. Let's see what game. Oh, another game just went final. Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech. That was 71 to 60. Loyola Chicago moves on. They're facing Illinois in the round of 32. So Illinois beat Drexel earlier, 78 to 49. So Cali Green Monsters brackets looking pretty good in that point. Just, you know, going with the favorites there, the one and the eight. They they handled their business. So, you know keeping an eye on Tennessee. It's like Tennessee was able to get a basket and then sure shit, Oregon responded with another basket. So I think this thing's over. Oh yeah. I don't know, man. Tennessee just made it a 12 point game, but yeah, let's see. Are there no other games going on right now besides this blowout, man? I think I really picked a shitty part of the afternoon to start doing this live recording, but you know, you know, peek behind the curtain. I'm recording this at work and, you know, it's a feel good Friday, but let's be real. Sometimes not every Friday is a feel good Friday. You know, sometimes things can happen at work that just could maybe shift you into being not the best mood. And currently there's a little like a work happy hour going on. And I don't know about you. I'm definitely one of those people that, and I feel like also since my mom passed away that I'm definitely not as resilient that I used to be before. So sometimes if something gets on my nerves, it could just like really just, you know, just piss me off and just ruin my mood. And honestly, the idea of like, you know, being frustrated with something that went on at work today, I think the idea of going around work people and drinking beer while being kind of annoyed, that's just a recipe for me just dropping a lot of like, fuck this, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Because at the end of the day, I love my job here. And I don't and I enjoy the people here. And I don't want like a bad afternoon from me to kind of affect that. So it's kind of funny where, you know, I guess ironic that I didn't want to, I'm not, I didn't feel talkative. The idea of going and drinking beer and chit chat, my coworkers just sounded daunting to me, but ironic in a way that coming here and just chit chatting by myself on the microphone, I guess, I guess I'm, I was in the mood to talk, but I guess I was in the mood to, I guess, talk to myself and talk to you, my faithful and loyal audience. You know, I know you guys are waiting on, on bated breath and sitting on the edge of your seat, wondering how Cali Green Monsters bracket is doing. You know, we're doing all right right now. I mean, Tennessee has kind of let us down a bit, but I feel like at the end of the day, that is my fault because, you know, I knew better. You know, I think my my week of research has pointed me to pick Oregon State, but just, you know, I talked myself out of it. And I think that's something where, you know, I've learned in the past with fantasy football and sometimes even at work or just things in life that like sometimes you just got to go with your gut. You know, I don't know how many times in my life I've had a gut feeling and then you overthink it and you go with the other thing and it's like, 
of course, if you would have just went with your gut, it would have worked. So, you know, I feel like this is definitely a case of that. <sighs> but, you know, we got a minute 28 left in that game. It's a 10-point game. So, I don't know here. Let's see. What else in the world can we talk about that's going on? You know, I think one of the big things that's going on, you know, if we switch away from college basketball, we could talk about some football. You know, it's kind of surprising that I guess I haven't talked about this yet, but I kind of, I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't really, I didn't want to give it too much attention because, you know, it seemed like, I don't know, to me it seemed a little sketch and I didn't know how much to necessarily say, I guess, believe it. It's the whole Deshaun Watson situation and the allegations of all these different allegations that are coming out that I guess he was inappropriate with either masseuses or other women, you know, from the, I guess the first couple lawsuits that I saw, it was from masseuses that were saying that he was basically requesting them to massage, you know, places that were uncomfortable to them. I don't know if it was necessarily, but I think it's basically implied with these lawsuits is that Deshaun Watson was like expecting happy endings from these masseuses and trainers and stuff. So you know, I, but the thing is, you know, Deshaun Watson is someone who's had basically, you know, almost like a, like a flawless reputation. You know, he's not someone that you hear stories about him, like out at the club, you never hear about any legal trouble. This is the first time you've ever heard of anything really. Yeah. Like about Deshaun Watson that doesn't involve him being great on the football field. And I do think it's kind of a weird coincidence that it just so happens that all these like lawsuits, are coming from one lawyer based out of Houston that from my knowledge or from what I've read, you know, I, I, I could be misinformed, but has, is, is very familiar and knows the Houston Texans owner. And isn't it also kind of a crazy coincidence that this guy who's had a flawless reputation, he's Heisman champion, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks, you know, he just seems like a good guy. You know, once he's basically holding out and refusing to play because he's unhappy in Houston, all of a sudden all these allegations are coming out. And it's not just one woman, it's like seven or eight now. You know, I think it's, I'm definitely not going to rush to judge Deshaun Watson. You know, I feel like in this country, you know, it's supposed to be you're innocent until proven guilty. And I feel like in in circumstances like this or when people are have allegations like this made against them, you know, the public opinion is usually you're guilty until proven innocent, which I think is unfair, especially when I think these are all civil suits. So from my understanding, I'm not a lawyer. I have no legal training or anything like that. But from what I've heard of just other stories or other, you know, civil suits that have been that have happened in the public eye, I think that happens when there's not enough evidence to really get someone. It's more like they're trying to get money out of the defendant. So, you know, one of the like one of the lawsuits, I think it was the first or the second one in the lawyer's statement, he was talking about like, oh, like this isn't about money. And it's like, dude, it's not no fucking way. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to believe any, like, you know, if, if, if there's more evidence that comes out that does point that Deshaun Watson was being aggressive, then okay, then this will be, you know, this will be the first time, you know, something negative has come out about him in his personal life. But, you know, I mean, I, if, if it does come out that he did this stuff and it was, you know, the evidence does point like without a doubt that he did it, then okay, then we'll know that Deshaun Watson is a scumbag. But, you know, if anything, I, I think it's more sketch. It makes me think, 
you know, that the Houston Texans have their hand in this in some way. I know some people like, you know, I say, oh, dude, you're just being a crazy conspiracy conspiracy theorist. But I don't know, man. I think Deshaun Watson, I he, he seems like a good dude. And from what I've heard, especially like dudes like this, like because you hear like almost two narratives. You hear some people being like, hey, like these rich and celeb- these rich celebrities, they get away with too much. They like never get in trouble. And but I also feel like at the same time, especially nowadays, there's a lot of celebrities that, you know, it's like out, I guess, like I mentioned, you're guilty until proven innocent. So, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that you want to be able to capitalize and get money as quick as possible. You know, there's people that, you know, with the people that were shortened the stock or, or, you know, the, the Reddit people that went out and tried to cash in on the GameStop and Dogecoin and all that. I feel like it's real popular right now. It's like people want to be able to get as much money as quickly as possible without working for it. And, you know, I think it's, you know, there's got it. We can't just, you know, when there's allegations of this serious nature against someone, I think we need to, you know, pause the brakes before we rush to judge the guy. If anything, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was joking with my buddy that like, this seems like the perfect time for the Patriots to come swoop. You know, I feel like they have no problem taking pieces or taking people with, you know, either a troubled past or somewhere that like someone doesn't really want. I mean, I'm not trying to complain, you know, like for example, like, you know, Randy Moss, like I'm not trying to say that he had any sort of allegations like that, but I know that, you know, his reputation in Oakland, he was like, people were thinking that he might've been more on the downside and he was hard to play with and stuff, but you know, New England brought him in and had great success. And I know they've had success with other people over the years, you know, and with kind of like a reputation that's kind of on the downside at the, at the current moment and, you know, go to New England and rehabilitate it. So you know, I mean, that's just me, I think, wishful thinking and maybe thinking that with New England being so active in the free agent market that they'd be willing to do something. But uh, alas, you never know. They might, you know, Robert Kraft, I know that he's definitely someone when I read or not read, I listened to it was like the Patriots Dynasty audiobook, and him and his, you know, and now past wife, you know, his wife that passed away, they were really big on, you know, standing up against domestic abuse and violence against women and, you know, really doing a lot of charitable stuff in the community to make sure that they fight against that. So, I mean, it is kind of, that's one of the reasons why they got rid of Antonio Brown when he had allegations, even though like the first game Tom Brady wanted him and, you know, he got a reception touchdown for the Patriots at the end of the day, you know, the crafts don't want anyone like that. So, that might be something that prevents Deshaun Watson from coming to New England. But shit, I was like, I'm kind of like just talking. I'm like, man, I'm just rambling about stuff that I want. But you know what? This is definitely, you know, when I talk about a Cali Green Monster show being an off the cuff podcast, this is the definition of the off the cuff. I had zero notes. I'm just usually typically I do have at least a pad of paper with some notes, some kind of, you know, guide as to what I want to talk about, what I want to say, what I want to lead into, but I'm just kind of sitting here bullshitting with the microphone, sitting with the coffee. I got screens open. I've now got it switched over to number four, Oklahoma state and number 13 Liberty. I was tired of having Tennessee on my screen, just disappointing me. So switched it over. I don't know how much longer I'm going to chit chat. You know, I feel like I've got a lot 
said already. And at this point, it's just the, the ramblings of a dude in an office by himself with the microphone. So, yeah, I know we talked about some college basketball. We've talked some Deshaun Watson. You know, I'm looking forward to when we're talking about college basketball later this evening. The basketball game I think I'm most excited for is number five, Villanova, and number 12, Winthrop. I'm just excited for it because that's one of my upset picks. You know, I think that, you know, I've never heard of Winthrop, and I've got a buddy of mine that thinks I'm crazy for picking Winthrop over Villanova. So I feel like, you know, Winthrop, I have to you know, show my support. So, you know, cause I feel like if it happens, I, I will be a happy camper, you know, at like nine o'clock tonight. So I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Holy shit. Sorry. They, there's a commercial right now for the new Mortal Kombat movie. And I don't know about you. I am freaking stoked about it. We, my wife and I recently got HBO max like a week ago. And this is definitely one of the reasons we got our, we got ourselves a rated R Mortal Kombat. The fight scenes look dope the preview like we're seeing jacks getting his arms frozen off it looks like they're gonna have fatalities so i don't know about you man like moral combat is gonna be so sick it's such a fun game and my wife it th- thinks it's crazy that like i think when i was like five years old my dad took me to go see the original moral combat and i think it's still burned in my head like watching shang sung kill Liu kang's brother and i remember being like so scared like that was so scary and like you know like looking back and like <laughs> like no wonder i mean being five or six years old watching that that was that was probably uh probably not the best to you know for a young boy to watch but i do remember like after shang sung killed Liu kang's brother like I was just super into it, man. Like freaking Johnny Cage killing Goro and like Liu Kang fighting Sub-Zero and Reptile and then eventually like Punk and Shang Tsung at the end. Good shit, dude. Nothing like some violence and especially some video game violence put onto the big screen. And it looks like they're going to do this one right. So I'm pretty stoked about it. It looks like there's going to be some epic fight scenes. And hopefully, you know, we got ourselves a Mortal Kombat franchise that we can we can watch. And it's, you know, a little bit better quality than the you know, the B-movie quality that it was in the 90s. I mean, the first Mortal Kombat in the 90s was dope, but the sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, was kind of cheesy. I mean, it was cheesy back when I was a kid and a teenager, Like, so I'm kind of afraid to to look back to see what it would look like now. So I'm definitely probably, you know, I'll probably stay away from Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe the original Mortal Kombat, I might pop that in the this weekend and take a look. You know, um, shit, I was totally, totally blanking. Oh, okay, no, now I remember. The other movie on HBO Max that I'm kind of curious to see is that whole the Zack Schneider's Justice League. I feel like it's been hyped for, like, years. You know, I haven't seen the first version of the Justice League, the one that came out in 2017. I've just seen bits and pieces, you know, when you're flipping through channel. It's like, oh, what's this crappy movie with horrible CGI? And it's like, oh, Justice League. So it's like I've seen, like, bits and pieces of it, and it just looks like such a trash movie. Honestly, it looks like shitty CGI and just, like, you know, Henry Cavill, he, he looks like he's a pretty, he, you know, he's been a, he's a pretty good Superman. I, you know, I thought he was the best part of Man of Steel, whether you like it or not. I didn't think it was the best movie, but I thought he was a good Superman. Same thing in Batman versus Superman. I thought he was pretty good, but, man, Justice League fucking stunk. But, you know, I think since that came out, 
you keep hearing people always talking about and the actors being like, oh, well, Zack Schneider's version is going to be so much better. And you keep hearing that. And then they finally do come out with it. You know, Warner Brothers, whether they wanted to or not, they finally release it. And then when we hear more details about it, it's like we're hearing that it's like a four hour movie. And I don't know about you guys, like four hours. That just sounds like a fucking mess. It sounds like they didn't know how to edit it. So to me, if the first Justice League was completely dog crap, I don't expect the four-hour version of the movie to be any better. But honestly, like, when something has enough hype build around it, you know, whether good or bad, I, I do want to take a look. So I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch it because, like, a four-hour movie, that sounds extremely daunting. I saw something on Facebook that was, like, breaking – that, like, kind of broke the movie down, I think, into a prologue in six parts. So I might have to ask my wife, like, hey – Let's watch it in different parts. And it's kind of funny. Like, the more I'm talking about it and the more I kind of sound like insane watching Zack Schneider's Justice League sounds like a chore. It makes me be like, why am I even going to watch it? But, you know, I think it's just, yeah, like I said, it's like with all the hype around it, I've just got to check out to see what it is, you know? Because I was like, I think that the first one was probably the original one that came out with shit. And uh, let's see what this other one turns out, you know? And, you know, there's other stuff you know, me talking about them, like, I'm not really excited about this four hour movie that should probably be broken out into a series. I just reminded myself that Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out today. So, you know, WandaVision ended two weeks ago. That was such an awesome show. And honestly, if the quality of WandaVision and how good, oh my gosh, and Liberty Games, dude, they just dropped a couple big three pointers. Like, Liberty looks like they might be giving Oklahoma State some issues. It's 12 8 here, right at the beginning, Liberty leading. But uh, like I was saying, back on the Disney Plus Marvel shows, that if WandaVision, with how good it is and the quality it is, and if it's any indicative of the quality of shows that Marvel, the Marvel Studios is going to be putting out, then I'm super excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. On an interview this week with Ariel Helwani, George St. Pierre, my favorite MMA fighter of all time, he mentioned that he's going to be in the show. He was in... Captain America Winter Soldier is just like some French mercenary dude doing some karate and actually, you know, doing I thought he held up pretty well against Captain America, considering that Captain America's all roided up and jacked and, you know, basically inhuman. So, you know, I'm I'm low key gonna be rooting for George St. Pierre whenever he shows up on the screen, the goat of all time. Maybe he'll blast a double egg and beat the shit out of the Falcon, so or the Winter Soldier, or maybe both. But let's be real, I'm probably gonna see George St. Pierre lose at some point, something that he didn't do very much of in the UFC. Yeah. Talking about, you know, George St. Pierre in the UFC, you know, Ari Helwani was asking him about like, you know, it seems like with Kamaru Usman's latest run and just with, you know, it's with anyone that's a current MMA fighter or anyone that, that's current at the time, you know, Dana White and the media likes to point out, it's like, oh, he's the greatest of all time. This next fight is the biggest fight in the division's history. And Ariel was asking George St. Pierre how he felt about that, you know, considering that many people, Ariel Hawani and myself included, believe that George St. Pierre is not just the 170 pound goat, but thinking that he's the greatest of all time in mixed martial arts, you know, so that's why when people say that Usman is potentially the best in the welterweights you know i think george st pierre had a really great analysis of that or kind of a great you know answer to how he feels when other people talk about someone else being considered the goat instead of him and what he was saying is that you know 
every generation of athlete is better than the last. You know, like Matt Hughes was better than Hoist Gracie. You know, he, like Hoist Gracie, when he came into UFC 1, he knew jiu-jitsu and no one else did. You know, then the game evolved, you know, and then Matt Hughes came in, a, a, a strong wrestler that knew how to defend against jiu-jitsu. Okay, so the game evolved. You know, then George St. Pierre came in and eventually beat Matt Hughes twice. So the game got bigger and better, you know, and even towards the end of George St. Pierre's run, you started to have these stronger wrestlers that were able to kind of mitigate George St. Pierre's, you know, game plan. And what I'm talking about is specifically Johnny Hendricks, you know, in that fight, there's a lot of people still to this day. I still have friends who argue with me to this day that Johnny Hendricks won that fight. Hey, I'm not going to say who did or didn't, you know, it was a close fight. It was a close fight. I, okay, maybe I did. I remember after that fifth round before they announced the scorecards, I remember taking a piss and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, shit, GSP just lost, but he won. All right. But the thing is what I'm pointing out is that it definitely looked like the division was starting to catch up to him. And, you know, that's why you have guys like Usman now that, you know, he has really great stand up and he has really great takedown defense. So, you know, I think that, you know, in their primes, I still think GSP would be better. But, you know, I don't think it's crazy to, you know, just kind of, you know, realize that, yeah, like every generation, there's the fighters are getting better, like their their training's getting better, they're learning new techniques. And let's be real, like in a couple of years, there's probably gonna be another 170 pounder that's, you know, better than Usman, and they'll be talking about how he's the greatest of all time. So I think that, you know, when we're talking about in just any sport in general, UFC, baseball, football, basketball. I mean, we're talking about the greatest of all time. I think it's definitely, you know, it's almost like you, it's hard to compare between generations because you really can't because it's like these dudes were, sure, they were the best at their time, but, like, to consider comparing it to the modern athlete and saying that they're not better than the modern athlete, then you're basically saying that the sport isn't progressing. And, you know, I think that that's even worse than, you know, someone who is the GOAT in the past not being the goat anymore you know that's why like in my opinion i think lebron james is probably a better basketball player than michael jordan not to say that michael jordan isn't the greatest of all time because honestly like amongst his competition him going six and six in the finals never being taken into a game seven in the finals you know that's something that you know no one's been able to do since or you know or able to do up until the point that he did it but you know like kind of like the old dudes that are covering like baseball, the old baseball historians, and they go like, Honus Wagner was the greatest shortstop of all time. It's like, no, Honus Wagner was not the greatest shortstop of all time. He didn't even play against black people or Hispanic people. You know, in the off season back in the day, I think that their idea of like off season, season training was like, drinking a couple glasses of milk and maybe not smoking as many cigarettes so you know like babe ruth unless he had satchel page with whipping 95 mile an hour fastballs you know down the plate i don't think you could really say like he's the greatest of all time you know so yeah i'm definitely excited to take a listen back to this podcast because like i said it was definitely one that i popped it on i popped everything set up i had no plan it was like let's see what just comes out of my mouth you know we'll take a listen maybe you the you the audience you took a listen you were like wow dean was rambling or you might be like dude dean was rambling and had some good stuff or either way hopefully there was something in this show that you know 
gave you some sort of entertainment here on this Friday afternoon, Friday evening, or or this weekend, or whenever you are listening to this. Uh, if you are following March Madness or filled out a bracket, I hope you're enjoying the games. We got a full slate of games today, tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday. So a lot of stuff to be keeping our eye on. But, you know, until next time, I've been your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you from my work office here in sunny San Diego, California, here on a feel-good Friday. Have a great one, guys. Peace.